The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. Wow, we've got a great show today. And listen, here it is, folks. Guess what? We're getting ready. We're getting close. We're getting close to the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And what a way to kick off the beginning of July. This is the end of June, but we're ready to go. We're ready to celebrate. We're ready. We have today, and I am very honored to have today as our guest, Director Patricia Shu, the Director of the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs in the U.S. Department of Labor and appointee of President Obama. We are very excited to have her with us. And let me just tell you ahead of time, folks, I've met her. I've heard her speak. She is the real deal. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. But just in case our listeners do not know, Pat, could you take a few minutes and explain what is OFCCP and what do they do? Sure. OFCCP is the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. It was started with the executive order that was signed by President Johnson um, 45 years ago, and the executive order prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, sex, color, national origin, and religion. And that executive order, which is 11246, applies to all those contractors that do business with the federal government, which is covers approximately 22 million workers. Wow. So we have very broad jurisdiction. But in addition, we also enforce two other laws, Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of disability, and VEVRA, which is the Vietnam-era Veterans Readjustment and Assistance Act, which also um, prohibits discrimination on the basis of protected vets. So what we do essentially is we audit contractors, we take um, complaints if there are individuals who believe they have been discriminated against on any one of those bases. We provide technical assistance to contractors to um, enable them to comply with the laws. We enforce affirmative action with respect to all of the protected groups. And we are a worker protection agency. So in some respects, our, our name is somewhat of a misnomer. What we are is the Department of Labor's Civil Rights Agency. You know what? That's interesting because we are live on Facebook and Twitter, and one of the questions that already have come through is, um, Director Shu, why have they never moved OFCCP to the Department of Justice? We have um, different jurisdiction. Um, 
We are, our jurisdiction is over federal contractors. EEOC's jurisdiction is over private employers. Many private employers are federal contractors. Federal contractors are those that have a contract with $10,000 or more or have a contract with $50,000 or more and 50 employees, and then those contractors have to provide affirmative action plans. The Department of Justice is separate. It's the enforcement agency for any one of a number of groups, but particularly in, in the employment context for the EEOC. The solicitor's office is kind of like our, our lawyers in the Department of Labor that represent the OFCCP. Okay, so the Department of Justice is 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 over everything. It's over a lot of different things. It, it, yes. The Justice Department handles many different issues, including employment, torts, um, antitrust, and well, Eric Holder, as you know, is the head of the uh, Department of Justice. He's the yes, attorney general. Yes, I do. And you know what, um, Attorney General Eric Holder. I'm sure that you were there, too, but when President Obama signed the U.N. Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities, I was there, and I walked over to him to thank him for his memo that he had sent out about how they need to increase the employment of people with disabilities. And he looked at me, and he shook my hand and said, Joyce, the doors of the Department of Justice are now open for business. I'll never forget this. It was just so profound. I mean... Wow, really had an impact on me. But um, that was one thing I did want to talk about uh, for a minute, and that is uh, you were appointed through President Obama's administration, and I know you have a background in civil rights. And why, why I think that is great is because I remember when Senator Durbin spoke at the Tony Cole Lecture Series before Senator Obama one, and he was talking about how he could have been an attorney, he could have done anything, he could have gone anywhere because, you know, number one, Harvard Law School, but he chose instead to do this community work and has always had that civil rights orientation. You have the same background in that you fought for the rights of low-wage workers, and I wondered if you could tell everyone a little bit about your background. Um, sure. Um I, I went to the University of San Francisco School of Law in San Francisco in the Bay Area, mostly because I wanted to work more with the Asian community, uh, low-income Asian workers. Um, I could have probably gone to law school in any, you know, a number of different places, including here in D.C., um, but I really um, have always had a real um, affinity for the importance of work and the importance of work to every person's sense of integrity and well-being and financial independence. Um, I did start out at a very big, prestigious law firm, um, Pillsbury, Madison, and Sutro, right out of law school for about a year and a half. It's now Pillsbury Winthrop. Um, and then from there, left to go to the Legal Aid Society um, Employment Law Center in San Francisco, where I worked for approximately 25 years, representing the interest of low-income workers and their families, um, doing race and sex discrimination, lots of disability-based discrimination, um, 
lots of language rights types of cases, sexual harassment, a lot of Family and Medical Leave Act cases, accommodation issues, um, LGBT, the whole spectrum. Um, on behalf of people who re- really couldn't afford a lawyer, both individual cases as well as class actions across the country, and it really has been my privilege and pleasure to have represented so many um, courageous workers who often would vocalize uh, questions and issues about unlawful conduct or allegedly unlawful unlawful conduct in the workplace, um, much to their own sometimes detriment. um, And they did it because they wanted to make the workplace a better place. Um, One of One of my earlier cases was actually in the United States Supreme Court on behalf of Lillian Garland. It was a a woman who lost her job after she became pregnant, and it was a challenge to California's pregnancy disability law. And the question in that case was whether um, California's pregnancy disability leave law violated Title VII because... It was only um, available to women, and uh, Justice Thurgood Marshall ruled that only women can get pregnant, Um, and so it uh, it was the prelude to the Family and Medical Leave Act, and Mm. actually California's disability laws, I believe, and I've written a law review article um, with my dear friend and colleague, Professor Stephanie Wildman, were really, I think, the basis for some of the pregnancy um, statutes that came that that came to fore in California. So I'm I'm very much um, I'm very much involved in disability rights. Um, worked for Arlene Mayerson, who heads Dredf, um when I first uh, my first year of law school, and worked for her for about a year. And you know she's a giant in the disability movement, and um, have litigated and many many disability cases. Well. Speaking of that, here's a question for you from California on Twitter, and it is, we are so excited. We are thrilled to have you, Director Shu, because we know that we will be included, and that is so wonderful. And, of course, I'm referring to us, people with disabilities. I do have a question, though. What gave you this incredible civil rights orientation? Who was your role model? Um, I think my mother was my role model, actually. I grew up in High Park, which is where President Obama lived, <laughs> during the 1960s in a community that was very multicultural, very diverse in terms of um, income, language. My mother worked at the University of Chicago, so I was, had access and was exposed to many different cultures. And my mother was a great um, model for me. She was somebody who didn't have the opportunity to go to college and was started out as a secretary at the University of Chicago, retired as the dean of students, and really uh, had a sense of um, that the notion, live by the philosophy of live and let live, and that everybody had something major and important to contribute to society. Um, and so I think it was a combination of, of all of those things um, and living in the times that I did. Wow. Well, you listened. I'll tell you that. And we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, oh, you're in for a real treat. What a great show with Director Patricia Shu from the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, a real civil rights leader in America. 
if you are ready. Get ready. Get ready for change, America. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Pat. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Get ready for a show that breaks ground on the subject of women in motorsports and what it takes to dream, believe, achieve. Gas and Go with Alio is all about the movement that is happening lightning fast in women's racing. You'll get a wide array of perspectives from the drivers to the fans, as well as what it takes to be a role model in a male-dominated sport. Join your host, professional driver Ali Owens, for Gas and Go with Alio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we have a great show today with the director of OFCCP, Director Patricia Hsu. And we've been talking about change in America. I just want to tell you that, Pat, as the disability community read about you, heard about you, you have been praised as one of the country's feistiest and most relentless Asian-American litigators. So that makes all of us very happy in the disability community. So I'm assuming you have our back also. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I first came to OFCCP is that there had not been a whole lot of enforcement work done on behalf of people with disabilities or vets, for um, example. Um, many of the cases that had been brought were um, hiring cases. And as, as you know, disability cases don't tend to be class action type cases. 
They mm-hmm. tend to be individual cases. And so it's a priority for the agency that we investigate cases of disability um, uh, by people who believe either they were not hired um, or that they were fired, uh, retaliated against, um, in violation of, dis- of federal disability laws. It's really important to me that the workplace in America reflect the great diversity that the United States has to offer. And to me, that means that people with disabilities are a vital part of that community. You know, my thought is, as somebody who's worked with many people with disabilities and some of the most talented lawyers I have ever met, um, it's, it's, it's really a shame when contractors don't take um, the opportunity to really reach out and try and grab and uh, that talent that's out there that comes in so many different shapes and sizes and forms and colors and genders. And, and that's what I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to ensure that federal contractors have the best of what American workers have to offer. And of course that includes people with disabilities. Um, from the very beginning of my career, my, one of my very first cases was a disability discrimination case. I've represented um, employees with disabilities who were denied the interactive process, who were denied reasonable accommodation. I've represented uh, students um, with my um, dear colleague um, Guy Wallace in San Francisco and Claudia Center um, and Elizabeth Christen from the Legal Aid Society, Employment Law Center, um, and Bill McNeil from the Law Center. Um, People with disabilities who couldn't get access um, to college campuses, um, people with uh, mobility impairments, people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Um, you know, we've brought lawsuits against major universities in California, um, against the San Francisco Unified School District, which prior to the lawsuit being brought did not have one fully um, accessible uh, school for students with disabilities. And so... Um, it's just been a part of my life's work, and, and of course, it's, um, it's something that's very important to me personally. With the unemployment rate of people with disabilities always hovering about 20%, the um, extent of poverty in, in the community, it's just work is so essential for people for their sense of integrity, but also for their financial independence and for their sense of financial stability for themselves and their families. Yeah, that is why I've heard so many people when they speak talk about how disability and employment go hand in hand. But unfortunately, that is often true, and you know, and it's not right because it should be justice for all, not just justice for some. Okay, from Facebook here, Linda from New York, and the question is, um, Director Shu, thank God we have you. This is like a breath of fresh air. I am so excited that to hear you say anything about us, period, because people with disabilities have been left out too often. My question is, what can we do to help you? Um, that's, that's a very good question. I think it's important to um, reach out to your congressional representatives, um, your senatorial representatives, and let them know about your views so that they can take um, principled stands on issues that come before them. 
um, there's to the extent there are Supreme Court cases, for example, the Gross case was a very important case that talked about um, kind of burdens of proof and adverse impact. Um, it's important that those who are in power, um, the courts, the legislatures, know um, what your views are um, and make sure that that our our, um, our courts, for example, are accessible. Um, and that they understand kind of what it is like to be a person with a disability and what it's like to be a person, for example, who's a woman with a disability or um, an ethnic immigrant with a disability. They're, and so it's, it's important to have your voice heard. Um, and we're here to listen to you um, and to make sure that the workplace is someplace that is accessible and is a place that is welcoming of, of all people, including people with disabilities. Yes, and you know what? I'm glad you asked that because you can keep following uh, Pat's work, but here's one thing you can do, which he just told you to do. We need a big wellspring. We've got to get everyone together. We've got to get moving on this. You know what's wrong with us? I was asking everyone the other day, Pat, I spoke at the... Uh, keynote speaker in Ohio at the Spina Bifida Conference. And I asked them, had they seen the movie Alice in Wonderland, the new one, mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp? I said, because there's a scene where the Mad Hatter, that's him, goes to Alice and is saying, what happened to you? Come on, get with it. What happened to you? And he says, Alice, you've lost your muchness. Yeah. So I told yeah. this crowd, we've lost our muchness. Yeah. We've listened to people telling us we're inferior, we can't do it, we'll never get a job. Can't, folks, get the muchness back. You know what? See, we can't just wait. We've got to do things. You heard what she said. Write in those letters. We've got to support her. We have this great civil rights leader for us. We've got to be supportive. You know how you can? Get your muchness back. Start writing letters to, to everyone, all of the legislators. You know, follow that great example, Justin Dart. And by the way, hello, Yoshiko, who always listens to this show. Yoshiko, we are following Justin's lead. And I, I'm going to tell you, it will make a difference. I, I am right, Pat, that a few letters to a congressman makes a difference, correct? I, I think it does, and, and we, um, the OFCCP is actually rewriting some of its regulations, including the regulation with respect to Section 503, and we are um, trying to enhance the affirmative action provisions of that regulation so that they have meaning and substance. I've done stakeholder meetings all over the country. When the regulation does come out and Joyce and others will know about it, it would be really helpful to get your comments on whether you think we're moving in the right direction um, and any comments that you may have with respect to that. Um, it, it, that's important, and it's also un, I think it's also important to realize that we're part of a larger coalition of civil rights groups, that we are more alike than we um, are different, and that the civil rights struggle is a struggle for lots of different people. And it's when we understand that we need to stand by each other, that's an important lesson, that you're not there by yourself. There are lots of other groups and interests, um, uh, civil rights interests, that um, coincide, and they're common among many of us. So yes. hang in there. 
Hang in there. No, that's true. Hang in there is right. But you know what? When she goes out and does that, when she goes out for those comments and does these events, you know what we need to do? We need to be there in droves. We need to make it clear that this is important to us. Remember, there are 54 million Americans with disabilities. 54 million. And, you know, if even a percentage of that group, 2 million, 3 million, stands up, it's going to make a difference. It is going to make a difference. It really will. So, Pat, uh, this year as we celebrate the 20th anniversary, which I'm so excited about, on July 26th of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, still we have this extremely low employment for Americans with disabilities. Now, everyone has a different opinion, but I wanted to ask you, why, why do you think that's so? Um, I think in part it's um, a fear factor. I think that's part of it. If if you don't know anybody who has a disability, um, I think sometimes it it may be difficult for people to envision how other people with disabilities can actually do things. But my view, having you know, wonderful clients and lots of friends all over the country, is that you know, people with disabilities can do anything. I mean, we've represented crane operators, but there's, you know, there's a, a bias. There's a sense that if you're different, then somehow it can't be done. When in fact, we're all different in some way, and we really need to celebrate that diversity. Um, which is why I'm so concerned about the poverty rate among the disability community. Um, people need jobs. They need to be able to sustain themselves. They need to be able to get a good education, which is why it's so important that the schools are accessible. It's so important that students with disabilities have transition plans once they leave um, eighth grade to high school and high school to college so that they can get the education that they need so that they can take care of themselves and their families. Um, I don't think that every workplace is as welcoming as it could be, but then there are some workplaces, as you know, Joyce, that have just thrived when it's come to um, uh, employing people with disabilities, where there is a culture that where people are invited, they are welcomed, there is an interactive process that goes on, people are being accommodated, and it's not because the employer is doing anybody a favor, it's because it's the law and because people with disabilities are talented people who have a lot to offer. And just earlier today, very recently, the Depart OPM uh, had a meeting and asked me to get a few people on there uh, that I knew, you know, companies, as you said, that are willing to stand up and say something. What really impressed me is that some of those people were CEO level mm -hmm. on that call, like Greg Babe from Bear Corporation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, saying what you just said. You know, whether it's Bear, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, CSC, you know, I don't care who the company is that's on there talking, WellPoint, no matter who it is, but with the I'm I'm telling you right now, CSC has made a commitment publicly to hire one hundred people with significant disabilities. And it comes from the top. But you see, here's that one thing you said is so important. I've worked with this company twelve years, but you know what? There's a difference between tolerance and welcoming. Yes. 
Big difference. And guess what? We can tell. <laughs> you know, yeah. we know. So don't think it's a big secret. We can tell. And, you know, when you are welcomed, guess what? We tell other people. You know, I'm a woman living with epilepsy and a hearing loss, and I assure you, news travels fast. And, Pat, that is why to us you're going to be in all the history books. And with that, I'm going to go to break right now. If you just joined us, this is who you've been waiting for, Director Patricia Hsu from the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, Department of Labor, but to me, civil rights leader in America, Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show, and is this a great show? For Americans with Disabilities, having this great woman, this civil rights leader, Pat Shu, talk about how she's going to help us. I think we have a caller on the line. Tony, are you on the line? Joyce, yes, I am. Tony Quello, getting ready for the big celebration in one month. That's exactly right, Joyce. It's an exciting time. And to have the author of the ADA call in, it is even more exciting. So, Tony, do you have a question for, for Pat Shu? I sure do have a comment first, though. It's exciting that you do have Pat on the line. Uh, uh, Pat, first off, is a Californian. That makes her even 
um, much better person, right? Um, I'm originally from Chicago. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> uh, and uh, Pat uh, has got one of the things uh, uh, that I said when the Obama uh, people first got elected was to say that uh, I was very interested in a uh, five different jobs uh, that they got to a point, and one was uh, who was in charge of uh, the federal contractors' uh, uh, jobs because when you uh, think about it, uh, we've had a law in the books for years uh, dealing with enforcement of the law on federal contractors, and uh, uh, for people with disabilities, the law has been there for a long time about enforcing, and uh, it's never really been enforced. And when I worked uh, with the Clinton administration, uh, uh, pro bono, I like to keep adding, um, the, one of the things I really tried hard to get done, we could never get it done. Um, and uh, so what I was telling the Obama people, I wanted to make sure we got somebody in charge of this uh, who... I had the spirit, the enthusiasm, the knowledge, and the willpower to go ahead and try to enforce this law. And and, um, when Pat was appointed, I was thrilled and still am thrilled uh, that Pat got this job, Joyce. So I'm excited that you have her on the show. And, Pat, I am excited about you uh, in this role because I think you understand how important uh, uh, your position is to a lot of people, but in particular to the disability community, because I think that uh, with you in that uh, role, we uh, get a, a fair job, of a uh, fair shot at having the law enforced. So I'm really excited about uh, you being there and being on Joyce's show today. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate them. And thank you for all of your um, support. You hear my telephone in the background. That's just the deputy secretary looking for me. So I guess we can just wait a moment. That's um, right. Okay, so he has to wait. <laughs> no, he's going to have to wait. But thank you. I, I mean, really for me, this this job, it's, it's a real privilege for, for me to have this job. I Civil rights really is my passion. And I just really believe and leveling the playing field and giving people a chance. So for me to have the opportunity to try and help lots of people um, by leveling the playing field, that's my job. So I'm only trying to do what the president, I think, appointed me to do. And I can tell you that there are many, many contractors that want to do the right thing, um, they need some guidance, they might need some assistance, they need linkage agreements, they need to know places where they can go, where they can actually hire people with disabilities. And we're going to try and facilitate all of that. Um, we're going to try and really make this work because that's what we want to do in the end. Is we want to get people jobs. Um, so anyway, thanks so much for your kind words. You're welcome, Pat. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing is, is... Uh, uh, Joyce can tell you as she places people with disabilities with uh, 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 federal employers, but also with uh, uh, employers throughout uh, the country, private employers, is that uh, people with disabilities who uh, get these jobs become absolutely fabulous employees. So it's not that uh, 
we're advocating uh, uh, placing people who don't have ability and don't have the desire to do a good job. We're uh, placing uh, people that uh, become fabulous employees and are credit not only to themselves but to the employers and the agencies that hire them. So it's a win-win for everybody uh, when this occurs. So uh, having you in, in that role and and uh, doing what's right is, I think, a, a godsend to everybody. So we're thrilled that you're there, and and, uh, and I think uh, as people get to know you and meet you, they're going to be as excited as I am uh, that you're uh, in that position. So uh, welcome aboard, and we're excited about it. Thanks so much. Well, I, you know, I couldn't uh, agree more. As I've said, I've, I've um, worked with um, many lawyers and legal staff and many people with disabilities, and just the range of talent and commitment is, is so impressive, um, which is why I think in some ways it's a shame because the, the workforce is missing out on this great wealth of talent. And as you know, my own special assistant, Claudia Gordon, is just a wonderfully talented, committed, fabulous lawyer who's a person who happens to be deaf. Um, and it's, it's a pleasure to work with Claudia. Um, and, you know, I, I couldn't ask to work with someone who was more talented as my special assistant. Yeah, she's fabulous. She I is agree. fabulous. She is fabulous. She is fabulous. She's great. So, Claudia, but, I don't know where you are, but I'm thinking of you. <laughs> hey, Tony, and Tony, I want to thank you for calling in, but I want to tell you, just a few minutes ago, OPM had a call with... Um, Hi, Mark. Bear, all these people that are federal contractors that are hiring people with disabilities, but they also had the NSA on. And NSA said exactly what Pat just said. Uh, the guy from the NSA said, you know, I don't know what's wrong with people, but guess what? There's all these people out there that, guess what, no one has even looked at. So we know, oh, we're going to get first first shot at these great employees. So lucky for us. Yeah, and they all have to have... Uh... Uh, clearances too. So uh, these uh, folks uh, are are absolutely fabulous employees with clearances. And if uh, we if uh, NSA can hire them, uh, all these other federal agencies can do the same thing, and all these federal contractors uh, can do it as well. So uh, I agree with you. Now I was just with John Barry and Christine Griffin at OPM this morning in a meeting, and it's exciting what they're doing. So the people like uh, Pat Chu and Christine Griffin and John Barry, uh, we're going to make some great progress. So I'm really pleased. So thank you, Pat, for all that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, um, Tony. Goodbye, Joyce. We love you, Tony. Thank you. And you know what? The, he's re, the NSA, this is what he was talking about. You know, to work for the NSA, as you would well know, Pat, you have to go through enormous right. security clearances. Enormous. And yet, they're hiring all these people with targeted disabilities, and they are doing a fantastic job. And by the way, uh, you'll be invited, but they are the Tony Quello Award winner this year um, for the work that they have done. But, you know, they they can do it. So, like, what's wrong with everyone else if, if they can do it? I That's hard for me to comprehend. And as you said, it's it's sad we have to do this, but Pat, we are going to be behind you 100%. Great. 100 Because you are going to be someone that can give us something that no one else has, and that's freedom. So 
What words do you have for federal contractors listening to the show right now in reference to the employment of people with disabilities? Um, well, I would say that, as you've stated, that there's a great wealth of talent out there, um, and in and in that community, it's it's really important to to go out and to, you know to do more than just um, kind of post a job with um, an agency. I think what's really important is to become known within the disability community as a place that's hospitable and welcoming and a place where people will be treated fairly. And I just can promise you that, you know, having worked at an agency that had that reputation, you become then a magnet for people who are so talented. Um, and that's what I would say, is, is go out and make those connections. Um, there are so many people with disabilities across the spectrum, across the country, who have a wealth of talent and are committed and are hardworking people. Um, and so do take advantage of that wealth um, that is out there. I think that you will be pleasantly surprised and many um, Many employers who are in the forefront, as you've mentioned, um, Joyce, have already done that and, and have seen the results. So let's take advantage of the great wealth that this country has to offer in terms of people with disabilities and others who just have wonderful uh, talents um, to provide to the workplace. Yeah, now they just have to do something about it, right? Many of them, I think, want to do something about it. I think that... Um, you know, what's, what's great about someplace uh, like the OFCCP is what we can do is try and facilitate that. We can try and make that happen so it's easier for contractors to do that. Um, and, and that's kind of what I see my role as, is trying to bring the two together to help contractors get those linkages and help them comply with um, disability laws. Because I really do think most contractors want to do it. I think they do want to, they want to hire people who are talented. Um, and it just, if you've never worked with someone who is, who's disabled, and, and I have, and I've also managed people with disabilities, you know, reasonable accommodation is something that, you know, really should, it should set the floor. It's not the ceiling, okay? Most people sometime in their life are going to need to be reasonably accommodated for whatever the reason. It could be because you're pregnant. It could be because you had a heart attack. It could be because your mother was ill, your father was ill, your child was ill. It should be part of what the workplace has to offer, which is flexibility and accommodation. And if that's the culture of a workplace, then you really get the best, I think, from people because they feel like they are being um, not only protected, but they are being provided with opportunities to grow and that their employer cares about them and their families and their well-being. And that's a very important message, I think, for all employers to send to their employees, that it's more than just, if you want people to think that their job is more than just nine to five, to give it their all, then I think employers have to create an environment where people want to give their all, where an employer knows and cares about the people who work for it. Yes, I agree with you 100% about that. Um, you, you mentioned 
you mentioned, Pat, when we were talking earlier, 22,000 people work for federal contractors. 22 so, million. 22 million, I'm sorry. 22 yep. million work for federal contractors. Mm-hmm. So when you do enforce this Rehab Act, yes, I feel that could be the trigger right there that breaks this dam that everyone's been talking about forever because although that's not everyone, that's a lot of people. Just think, if they all just hired one person, there's 22 million jobs. Well, and that's, that 22 million is what we currently believe to be the number of employees. There are, I, I presume there may be some people who are characterized as independent contractors improperly, who probably should be considered employees as well, in which case that number would go up. But that's the reason why this job is very exciting, because I think we can have an impact, a positive impact on the workplace as well as the economy. Oh, you will, because we as Americans with disabilities do not have freedom in this country until we are employed. Can't buy a house, can't go on vacation, can't live the American dream. Don't have health care benefits. Someone like you, right, with your energy, but most of all, your integrity. I believe, although every time we go to meetings, what's going to happen to change this employment, I believe you will be the step that makes that difference. I really do believe that. I believe you will be the single person known for moving employment forward. And we do love you and we admire you. And I want everyone listening to this show to listen to everything she says and be behind her. Um, But I wanted to ask you, young people with disabilities who are listening to the show today, when I spoke at that conference, the Spina Bifida conference this weekend, it is amazing how many people, as I said before, have lost their muchness. They've given up. Yeah, they've given up. And when I did a little town hall poll, why have you given up? Because everyone tells me I never get a job. No one wants me. I'll never get employed, get used to it, be on disability, live like this. Uh, some people have been so bullied from when they were a child that they've attempted suicide. I mean, it's just really depressing what has happened. I wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for young people with disabilities listening to the show today who have given up on employment? Don't give up. Press ahead. Try and get a good education. Work hard and study hard. Um, And don't um, wear your disability on your sleeve. Um, As a woman of color, I can tell you that Starting out, oftentimes I was viewed as the court reporter or the secretary. It's very easy to be insulted, um, but you have to press ahead and have faith in yourself. Um, We are here in this administration to open the doors and to level the playing field. Um, Just as it's been, you know, if you look at the history of the civil rights movement, when, when it comes to race relations, when it comes to women, it's not been easy. It's not going to be easy, but know that you are part of a larger civil rights movement where people have pressed ahead. I mean, the fact that we have an African-American president, I think, speaks volumes about the fact that people can move forward um, by hard work. And, you know, don't try and find the goodness in life if you can. It's, you know... um, Sometimes it's difficult. I know I, I put myself through school, through 
college, part of college and, and law school, and it's rough. It's not easy, but anything worth getting is usually not easy. Have faith in yourself because we have faith in you, and that's why we are, are, are enforcing these laws and trying to open the doors so that everybody has a fair shot. And listen, every one of the young people across America with disabilities that I know who are listening to this show right now, did you hear what she just said, we have faith in you? She is in the Obama administration. Folks, she has faith in you. Never, ever, ever give up. You've got to always move forward no matter what. So, Director Shu, while you have accomplished so much in your life, I don't even know how to list all these things, but everyone that's ever been on this show over the past six years, I asked these last two questions too. And this first one is, what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Hmm, my greatest accomplishment. Well, that's easy. That would be my two daughters. Hmm. Um, I have two wonderful daughters um, who I, you know, I've seen them grow up, and they embody, I think, um, a lot of the best parts of my husband, Michael Kamler, and and myself. And I see their kindness and courage and patience and their the way they think about the world and i i see them as people who will contribute and continue the legacy um, of what we've been trying to teach them in terms of values for modern day society being uh, an ethical person being a kind person being compassionate um and 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 working really hard they've they've been very privileged in many many respects but i also expect a lot from them and for those who are given much much is to be expected and i expect them and i'm sure they will to contribute to the society that they live in um i i expect nothing less so but they are my greatest achievement hands down and what are their first names um my oldest daughter's name is alexandra and my younger daughter's name is Aviva. Okay, there you go, you ladies. <laughs> Don't lose your muchness. That's what I got to tell you. That's my message. But it sounds like they have it. And I would, having you as a mother, I know they would have it. I have no doubt about that in my mind. But you know what? It is our young people. They are our future. They are our future. They certainly are. And I have to say that um, I have great hope for this society because of our younger generation of people who seem to have left behind a lot of the, the baggage that many of our generations have carried and have incorporated. And, um, and it's really the young people who are going to move, move the society forward. I just hope that we leave them with an environment that's fairly clean, with a world that's fairly just. Well, Director Shu, before we end the show today, before I ask this last question, first of all, I just want to thank you for your generosity of time uh, being on the show when you are such a very important person. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time to be on our show today. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? It's really, it's been my pleasure. And um just know that the OFCCP is here. If you have, if you believe you've been discriminated against on the basis of your disability, we have six regional offices. You can go to the Department of Labor website. We take individual complaints. Um, if you work for a large employer, it's likely that it may be a contractor. 
Um, you know, the idea is to try and work things out and to get people jobs. It's not necessarily litigation, but we want to enforce your rights and we want to make sure you know what your rights are and we're here to help you. That's what we're here to do. We are a worker enforcement agency. Well, and that is my next point. You see, we haven't heard that that for a long time. For people with disabilities, we haven't heard that worker enforcement agency, including people with disabilities. And the fact that you are working on those regulations and reform for 503, I just want to say, first is the national chair of the Epilepsy Foundation, but as the CEO vendor, most importantly, as a woman living with epilepsy, how much I admire you uh, and, and how much respect I have for you. And I just want you to know we're all behind you. Thank you so much, Joyce, and thanks so much for letting me join your program. Well, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today, Pat? Every person counts. Every person counts, and so do all of you. And um, I really believe in the importance of work to every human being, and that's one of the reasons why I took this job, is to level the playing field. I'm here, and I'm going to do work my absolute hardest to ensure that people get a fair shot. And so if you need us, we are here for you. Well, we do. We need you, and we're thrilled to have you there. And you keep listening to this show, folks. <coughs> I'll let you know when you need to do something again for Director Shute and make sure we can support her. But you could start writing those letters right now to your congressman and your senator saying, <clears throat> work is important to you. And, to and the you know we end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader at the end of every show. And today, <coughs> excuse me, it is from Pat Shu, who says, every person counts, including you, and I am here to level the playing field. As she just told you in her message, that's going to be our famous quote this year. Pat, thank you again. Thank you. All right, folks. See you next week. This Bye-bye. is Voice Bender, America's Voice, where we're getting ready to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Get ready, get ready, get ready. See you next week. Thanks, Joyce. Bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.